That song's powerful, isn't it, that we heard from Amy Grant. In this message in our transformation series, I would like us to consider the idea of aligning our lives with the Word of God. Aligning our lives with the Word of God. In a recent Thursday evening session, I mentioned my friend Tommy from Pennsylvania. Tommy was a man that I knew whose roadmap was the Bible, the divinely given Word of God. His well-worn Thompson chain reference Bible showed marks and highlights and notes from his many hours reading and studying. Tommy's life bore the marks of a man who followed after God, and his influence had a significant impact on those around him. Despite having GPS, all of us need a roadmap. When Ron and I would travel around doing concerts around the region, we would put my little iPhone up there on the holder and we would uh, punch in the address of the little church out in the middle of nowhere that I was headed to with my saxophone. On occasion, we became convinced that somebody back at GPS headquarters was getting a good laugh out of the little gravel roads that they were taking us through down in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. Rhonda finally said, you know, I, I want to see a bigger map because that little screen doesn't show me where we are. So that year in her Christmas stocking was a Rand McNally road atlas. <laughs> Not the little one, the, you know, the, the big one. We all, we all need a road map, we all need a guide to walk us through this life. A significant part of the process of transformation is the infusion of the Word of God into our lives. I said a significant part of the process of personal transformation is the infusion of the Word of God into our lives. I would contend that it is important, no, I'll say vital, that there is a regular pattern of reading, studying, and meditating on the precious truths of the Bible in our lives. Here are a few quotes about the Bible, the Word of God, from some well-known voices. A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Do you know who said that? Theodore Roosevelt. All things desirable to men are contained in the Bible. Do you know who said that? Abraham Lincoln. I like this one. I am so sorry for men who do not read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength and the pleasure. Give the Bible to the people, unaltered, pure, 
unadulterated, unexplained, uncheapened, and then see it work through the whole world. Do you know who said that? Woodrow Wilson. I never had any doubt about the Bible being of divine origin. Point out to me any similar collection of writings that has lasted for as many thousands of years and is still a bestseller worldwide. It has to be of divine origin. Do you know who said that? Ronald Reagan. People have testified through the years of the power of God's word in their lives. Those who have made it a life habit of being in the word of God routinely have seen many benefits in their lives. Steadiness. Peace. Wisdom. Just to name a few. What is it about this book? The all-time top seller, by the way. What is it about this book that gives it such power, such influence in the lives of men? The Apostle John made a profound and a powerful statement right at the beginning of the gospel bearing his name. John 1, verse 1, says this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Listen, the Word of God and the person of God cannot be separated. The very essence of God is found in His Word. And it has been from the beginning of creation. I said the very essence of who God is is found in his word. And it has been that way since the beginning of creation. His eternal word, his truths, his precepts, they did not develop as God learned more. His word is his expressed character, part of the uncreated creator. The word of God is powerful because it is his very nature. It is who God is. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. Transformation. God's word effective in the transformation of human beings from the very beginning in the heart and the mind of God. The Apostle Paul was well versed and well aware 
of the power of Scripture to change lives, to transform people. In his second letter to his friend Timothy, and our text for this morning, we find that Timothy, Paul's younger brother in the Lord, had a spiritual heritage in his family. Back in a few, in, in an earlier passage in 2 Timothy, in 1 and 5, it says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Friends, there is great value in teaching youngsters the word of God. Apparently, listen, apparently Timothy was raised in a home where the word of God was present. Where it was taught. Where it was lived out. And that created fertile soil in the life of Timothy. That was the heritage that his mother and his grandmother left in his life. Parent of a wayward youngster, plant the seeds of the scriptures in your children and you will see fruit. Pray through. God, God will bring them around. I think there were probably times in the life of Timothy where, where Grandma Lois and Mom Eunice must have thought he is on a wrong track. He is making bad decisions. He's with the wrong people. He's hanging with the wrong crowd. But I'm here to tell you that when we plant the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our kids' lives, they will bear fruit. The Word of God is powerful, and it is the very character of God. And we plant it in the lives of those around us. Verse 16 and 17 in our text set forth clear truth about the power of the Word of God. Power to transform lives. Look at verse 16. All Scripture, say all Scripture, is God-breathed. I love that term. Thank you, NIV translation. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. As we consider this morning aligning our lives with the Word of God, I want us to examine this scripture. Number one, scripture is God-breathed. Scripture is God-breathed. Mike, go one more slide, please. It's our first point. Scripture is God-breathed. I said earlier, Scripture flows from the very nature of who God is. God is the author of Scripture. Though penned by men, 
The Bible is divinely inspired, God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed, describes the Bible's nature as God's literal word, given to men by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This divine inspiration is the supernatural work of God's Holy Spirit. This does not dismiss or downplay or put aside human action in Scripture's authorship, but it affirms Scripture's ultimate origin in God who gave it. Yes, men scribbled it down, but God breathed it. Please, please understand that. God spoke through men, worked through men, inspired in the lives of men, wrote the scriptures through men. The scripture's ultimate origin is in God who gave it. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is supernaturally able to take the truth we find in scripture and communicate with us relationally through it. Did you catch that? God is able to supernaturally speak through the scriptures and communicate with us relationally through it. Although the Bible doesn't spell out the mechanics of how God inspired the writers, it makes clear that the ultimate source was God himself. Say ultimate source. God's voice is his word. His Holy Spirit breathed word. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, we read the account of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. Chapter 4 in Matthew's Gospel, it says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, y'all going on a good 40-day fast lately? After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You remember this story? Jesus answered and he said this, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you think Jesus thought the word of God was important? Man does not live by bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Jesus said here, and he knew in his heart that man's life, his rock, comes from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Somebody say, God breathed. 
in some of his most challenging days, Jesus knew where to turn to the word of his Father. I think those days were pretty rough in the wilderness. And where did Jesus turn? Where did he turn? To the word of his Father. Jesus, the master teacher, had a lot to say about the word of God. And because Jesus is God with us, God in human flesh, God in the form of man, his teachings are part of the God-breathed word. You with me? The teachings of Jesus are part of the God-breathed word. God in the form of a man. Here are a few things that Jesus had to say about the word. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Matthew seven twenty four, the words of Jesus. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Over to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And I, this, is, this has got to be a favorite truth, in, a favorite verse in Scripture. How about you? And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then John 15 and 3, it says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Do you think Jesus thought the word of God was important? Do you think Jesus thought the word of God was powerful? Do you think Jesus felt in his heart of hearts that the word of God had healing power? Do you think that Jesus spoke truth? Do you think Jesus felt that the Word had the power to transform lives? To transform lives. Transformation. Jesus thought the Word was important. The Word of God, the Scriptures, are God-breathed. Say God-breathed. You're going to be tired of saying God-breathed, but I want you to get it. Secondly, number two, the Word of God is useful. Now, <laughs> what a simple statement, huh? And remember, we've talked about flyover territory. You, you, could, you could read that scripture and say, and the word of God is useful for this and this and this. And you could fly right over useful, but I want to talk to you about useful for a minute. I want to talk to you about useful. 
for a minute. God's Word is youthful. God's Word brings with it practical application. The, the Word of God, friends, is not just another volume of information. I preached a message on the subject of influence a couple of months back. Let's see how much you remember. <laughs> Do you remember my message on influence? I made this statement in that message. Influence is information that has ramifications or results. Spiritual or biblical influence is information that brings transformation. Biblical information, biblical truth brings transformation. The Word of God is useful. The Word of God is impactful. The Word of God is effective. There's a verse that's always intrigued me, found it to be interesting, in Hebrews about the deep impact of the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, iconic verse of Scripture. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, the Word of God is not just useful in the sense of it having some level of effect on the hearer, but it is deeply useful. It is deeply impactful. The Word of God is deeply influential in our lives. This verse says that it literally is alive and it is active and it penetrates into the very heart of the believer. What other book does that? What, even, even the greatest literature from history's greatest authors cannot match the effect that the true God-breathed word has on the recipient. I said, even the greatest literature from history's greatest authors cannot match the effect, the influence, the transformation of the God-breathed word. What other volume, what other good book have you read? You, you, what, what, other, what other nice novel have you read that judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart? I appreciate great writing. And I might say here that I appreciate the writing of so many Bible scholars and authors that I've read through the last number of years. Chuck Swindoll did a series on biblical characters. I don't know if any of you have that, any of those volumes of that series. Chuck Swindoll did a deep dive into Joseph and into David and into Paul. And I, and I appreciate the writings of people like, like Chuck. 
and the, and the great historic writers like, like Tozer, Matthew Henry, there have been incredibly thoughtful theologians and scholars and thinkers that have written volumes, but their best volumes do not penetrate like the God-breathed word penetrates and affects and changes and transforms. I know folks that make it a regular part of their routine to read a good to read a good devotional every day. And that's fine, but don't do it at the expense of neglecting reading God's inerrant, inspired, God-breathed word every day. Amen. Sorry, that was a little mini rabbit trail. <laughs> By the way, I normally give the congregation a little warning when I go on a rabbit trail. I'll say to them, rabbit trail warning before I do that. So normally, this, in this case, I told you afterwards. Third, number three, the usefulness of God's word touches all aspects of life. Touches all aspects of life. Again, in verse 16 of our text, one, it's useful for teaching. Two, it's useful for rebuking. Three, it's useful for correcting. For it's useful for training in righteousness. Teaching. What better textbook is there? Got some teachers in the crowd, I know. They're the ones that went, woo, woo, woo. When, 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 when Pastor Dude said that school was about over, those are the ones who went, yeah. What better textbook is there than the God-breathed word? What better volume to learn from than the wisdom of God incarnate? What, what better understanding can we reach than the wide swath of history and philosophy and poetry that we find in the pages of the Word of God? Rebuking. There is a word we don't see a lot. You've been rebuked lately? Rebuking. What other volume of information points out man's sin and disobedience? What other volume, what, what other volume brings conviction into your life? Brings Holy Spirit wow, I'm out of line kind of conviction. What other volume? None but the God-breathed word. Correcting. That's different than rebu rebuking. Rebuking is telling you you're wrong. Correcting is giving you a path to correct it, to fix it, to, to make it right. Correcting. What other literature, what other great volumes in the history of of, of great authors and literature, what other literature sets the moral and spiritual direction for our lives? None. None but the God-breathed word. Correction. Okay, rabbit trail. 
You're driving along with your GPS, right? And you don't pay attention to what she's telling you. And you either, and you either keep going or you turn where you shouldn't, have caught, you shouldn't have turned. You ever done that? Do you remember what she says? She says, rerouting. <laughs> don't you just want to take the, out the, correcting is rerouting our life's GPS. And we hate it. And it's painful. And it's irritating. I even dislike her voice when she says rerouting. <laughs> By the way, I, th I think GPS has given preachers a whole lot of fodder. <laughs> you know, through, through the years. Rerouting. We need to be rebuked from time to time, and we need to be rerouted from time to time. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Yes, it is. It is true. And then I like this one, training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. Where else can you find paperback, hardback, digital, or any other form that trains you in godliness? Where else can you find a book that will teach you to become Christ-like? What app or website can help us to put us into alignment with God like his inspired word does? None. Just the God-breathed word. Amen. Training in righteousness. When I think about training, I think about a process. I think about an athlete who's preparing for an athletic event. My son's girlfriend, Caitlin, decided to run the half marathon down at the Flying Pig. She didn't train. And then it rained. If you're, did you all see the flying pig on TV? They were sloshing through ankle-deep water. So, so, so she posted a video of them sloshing through, the, sloshing through the rain. Well, Caitlin's a pretty determined young lady, and she made it, and she got through. But I, I got to wonder what her time would have been in comparison had she... Training. Listen. When you really start to chew on the idea of training, training is a, is a tedious, specific process that leads you to a particular goal, that leads you to a particular place. I watched the FC soccer game last night. Those guys, those guys train. They, they have to. I couldn't run out there for five minutes, and they're doing nine. They're doing ninety minutes. Train. They they train for they train for an event. They train their bodies for an event. Have you seen the great uh, academic competitions that they occasionally put on TV? The high school honors athlete, uh, uh, academic things. The uh, these, these kids train their brains 
for, for this level of competition. And all the training for months and months and years and years gears down to this one singular event. I submit to you that training in righteousness is a lifelong process. It didn't end on the day that Christ entered your life. It began on that day. I, if, I, if I get across anything in this series on transformation, it is going to be that your salvation was not an end, it was a beginning. It was a starting point by which God will transform and change your life. And one of the key components of God changing and transforming your life is the infusion of his God-breathed word into your mind and into your spirit. Transformation, training in righteousness, is a, is a lifelong process. Anybody, everybody with me? It is a lifelong process. I think righteousness is, a, is an event worth training for. Worth training for. How effective and how awesome it would be if the Bible became the primary textbook. If the God-breathed word became the basis for our education. If training in righteousness became the standard. If, if pointing out the sin and disobedience of the human race could again be highlighted and talked about. The word of God is useful. Oh yes, it is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. The God-breathed word. Fourth, not in the greatest voice today, I apologize. The impact of the Word of God is transformational. Look at verse 17. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped. Say that, thoroughly equipped. No other set of teaching, listen, no other set of teaching, no other philosophy, no other volume of writing has the impact on a life like the God-breathed word does. And friend, I promise you that if you begin to breathe in, to take in, to absorb the word of the living God, you will be transformed into the person that God wants to use. That's transformation. The impact of the word will position you as a servant. The text says, so that the servant of God. Say servant. Servanthood speaks to us of surrender. We talked in our first sermon in this series. How much you remember about the first sermon? Oh, I'm sorry. We talked in the first sermon in this series about becoming living sacrifices. Completely sold out and poured out and dead to ourselves. Living transformed lives that glorify our Heavenly Father. 
being thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me ask you, is there any good work that needs done? There's lots of good work to do. See, the living Word of God is what prepares us, teaches us, and guides us. And that, friends, is transformation. It is a lifelong, joyful process. And it centers around the Word of God. Training in righteousness. The God-breathed Word. Listen to Colossians 3.16. Let the Word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Friends, as we grow and we change in the wisdom of the Lord and, and, and godly transformation takes roots in our lives, the one another aspect of joy will grow within us. As we change and we are transformed, the one another joy, the, the, the joy of being with the body of Christ, the, the joy of living life, doing life with, with brothers and sisters, that joy will grow. <laughs> I, I love this verse because I've been a worship pastor guy all these years and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. Yes, amen. The actual teaching, dude, I love you, brother, but the actual preaching doesn't take place. The preaching takes place through the worship songs, see? See, the worship pastor had it above everybody. No. <laughs> through songs and hymns and spiritual songs, as we worship together with joy in the body of Christ, as our lives are transformed, it, friend, if you have a transformed life that's been that's been changed by the power of the Spirit. You can't wait to worship. Amen. It's just going to come roaring out at you. Amen. I believe that we are destined to grow together in our faith. Amen. And that as we do the work that God has for not only me, but us, will become clear. And he will lead and guide not only me, but us, by his God-breathed, inspired, inerrant word. A couple other great scriptures, just a couple as we close. And one of them we've used a lot. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You're going to know this scripture as soon as I start into it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Remember that scripture? I like it so much I'm going to read it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Amen. If we align ourselves with God and his word, our paths will be made straight. 
We will not stray constantly from side to side. There will not be constant pulling on our lives from one new idea or doctrine or societal trend to the next. As things that draw us away from closeness with God will be resisted and conquered as we align ourselves with the God-breathed Word. Alignment with the Word is a huge part of the transformative work that the Lord does in our lives. So get started, my friend. Get into the Word. Make it your habit to read and study and meditate on the Bible. There's a word we, we, we don't enact very often, meditate. Meditate is taking a, a, a biblical truth and, and actually thinking about it a little bit. <laughs> and actually giving a little bit of thought. A little bit of unhindered, non-TV screen, non-on-your-phone kind of thought. I want to consider as we close this message a few suggestions to make your time in the Word more effective. Just a few, and, and many of you are doing these things in your lives, and you're doing them constantly. But I want, to, I want to make some suggestions. One is, make time. Have a time. Those of you who are ruled by your electronic schedules, your quiet time with the Lord may need to be part of your electronic schedule. Doesn't matter when it is, but I think starting the day that way is a good thing. Start your, start your Bible time with prayer. Ask the Lord before you, before you crack the book. It might be as simple as, Lord, show me something today. Lord, teach me something today. Lord, in, in what I read, if I don't understand it, bring me truth. Bring me understanding. Bring me wisdom. I would suggest that you take notes and start a journal. I think, ladies, you're probably much more attuned to that than us guys are as a habit. But I would suggest that you write down some things that God shows you. It doesn't have to be, in, doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be perfect English. Maybe that God says, listen more and talk less. That's, that's what he tells me routinely. One of, the, one of the people that I read after in preparing this sermon suggested to read slowly. Cool. Okay. Rather than trying to get through, if you're on a one-year program, whatever you're on, rather than just trying to get through it, read slowly. And what's going to happen is those flyover words that, like we talked about a little bit this morning, those flyover words are going to come popping out. You're going to go, oh. You're going to have some aha moments if you read slowly. Also, I would suggest that you ask questions and then search for answers. You read a passage and you go, ah, not, I wonder what he meant by saying that. I wonder what wonder what that was about and and pray over that pray over that passage and 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 then and then it's real legit to read after some some ideas of some 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 scholars and some commentators and those tools are there for us to use by the way they're unlimited these days the tools that you have at your disposal 
Any of you uh, use the Bible Gateway site? BibleGateway.org is a powerful Bible study tool. And it's got a number of different translations and versions that are there for our understanding, friends. Uh, but BibleGateway.org is a fantastic resource site for researching and, and, and studying and learning. Ask questions and then search for answers. And then finally, think about and apply what you have read and learned. Think about what you've read. Apply it. In fact, I would go so far as to say, apply it today. If you read it today, God may indeed have something, somebody, some situation in your path that day that, you know what, that nugget's going to come in handy. See, I think, I think God's Holy Spirit has the ability to link you, to link you with some truth that is going to be applicable for that day. I don't put God beyond the ability to do that. Transformation of these messages that will that will preach on transformation. I find this one one of the most important because if you will make an effort to align with God's word, He will be faithful to do transforming work in your life. I sincerely believe that. Sincerely believe that. We've used a, a theme song throughout the series. I'm going to have Mike play it. I invite you to, we're, I think we're learning it by now. I invite you to 